This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to episode 61 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm here as always with my great co-hosts Marty and Nick. How are you going today, guys? I love that you said great, mate. You so uh, you always make me feel better. Great to be here. Looking forward to a bit more of a business chat today again. So yeah, very excited. So thank you, Jace. Nick, how are you? I'm good, Marty. I'm good. We've uh, we've had a busy week. We've been implementing all these changes we learnt the other week at uh, at the conference that we spoke about. So um, slowly ticking the boxes off. The sun's starting to shine in Melbourne. So yeah, we're up and about and ready to rip into the business stuff. Oh, you're welcome. I brought the sun back from Bali the other week. So uh, yeah. I thought uh, it was nice to come back to some blue skies and sunshine and there's plenty happening in the meantime and uh, here we are ready to crack in guys we have our one percenter episode brought to you today by walker digital the team who look after our social media and walk the digital talk so if you need a hand at all wlkr.digital head over there and check out their services so guys, today I'm going to crack right in, give our listeners listeners what they want. It's the one percenters, the things that can make a difference in their lives. And today I wanted to share a bit of a story about a different way you can fund a business. Now, have you guys heard of CSF, which is crowdsourced funding? Heard of it. Don't know much about it. Well, over the last year, uh, it, well, in 2022 financial year in particular was probably the biggest year ever for crowdsourced funding. So there's a bit of a difference. Some people say crowdfunding, and crowdfunding is like if you think back to uh, you might you might be re- uh, remember Kickstarter, where people would launch their products online. And they might say, "Hey, I've got this really cool drink bottle that I haven't made yet, but if all of you potential customers buy a drink bottle before it exists, I'll then go and make this drink bottle." That was called crowdfunding. Um, I can't think of some really good examples off the top of my head, but I remember a mate had this really cool backpack that was like waterproof and it floated and it had all these different compartments. And I was like, mate, that's like the coolest backpack I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, I bought it three years ago on Kickstarter, but by the time they raised the money and made the product, it took a long time to get my product. Anyway, that was crowdfunding and places like Kickstarter do that. Now, the story I wanted to kind of touch on today was I've seen lots of it going around on Business News Australia and different articles, and the guys ended up on, on TV. Um, some clients and friends, um, the story's all public, so it's not me kind of sharing private confidential client information, but the team at Threadheads recently just raised $2.2 million on Virtual, which is a crowdsource funding platform online. Now, crowdsource funding is the way that people raise money for projects or expanding their business, and they get a whole large number of investors together through an online platform in exchange for shares in the business. Um, Virtual is probably the biggest one, Equitize, OnMarket, and Posible are a couple of the other versions of this. Um, so Virtual in 2022, to give you some numbers, because that's what we're here for, raised $62.4 million for businesses that needed to raise some money during the 2022 financial year. Um, They actually completed 68 of the 98 CSF campaigns in Australia in 2022. That's the virtual platform, which is probably the biggest and most popular, including they even raised their own funding uh, through their own platform. I think they raised about three and a half, three million dollars themselves. So before I go into the Threadhead story that I wanted to share uh, as way of... uh, rounding this out and, and, and opening up the conversation as to, you know, the interesting ways of funding businesses. 
Um, the biggest one last year was Zero Co. They're a sustainable hygiene product company that you know want to change the way that we go about cleaning our home to make sure that we don't end up buying all these re, um, non-reusable plastic products that end up in landfill. They raised five million dollars for their business to look at expanding uh, into into their markets. There was a medicinal company called Montu. They raised three point five million, and as I said, Birchall raised three million. Now, Threadheads had the highest number of expressions of interest, having nearly 7,000 people registered, interested to buy shares in their company. Um, now, Threadheads, what they do is they're a pop culture t-shirt company, which I felt like I thought, you know, when I initially started th talking to the guys and going, okay, you, you sell t-shirts and you want to raise millions of dollars. Like, you know, are there enough people out there that want to buy shares in a t-shirt company? Um, as it turns out, there was definitely a lot of people that wanted to buy shares in this t-shirt company. So they, they kind of rose to fame around, think uh, Dan Andrews, get on the beers back during COVID. People are at home, online shopping's booming. They're making pop culture t-shirts at a relatively good price, like a good affordable price. And one of the great things about Threadheads is print, it's print on demand. They're not ordering hundred like a hundred thousand t-shirts from china to be printed and shipped over on a shipping container they've already got the blank t-shirts and blank hoodies in their warehouse in melbourne and they wait for the online order to come through stick it into their state-of-the-art machine and print whatever t-shirt or design you've ordered online so when dan andrews did the old get on the beers thing they had their their in-house designers kind of do up a you know pretty funky picture of dan andrews holding a beer saying get on the beers punched out a Facebook or Instagram ad, and what do you know, tr just T-shirts flying off the shelf. That kind of helped them raise to fame. So to put the numbers out that were shared in the campaign, they sold $13.2 million worth of merchandise over the last year. And the Get On The Beers design was, as I said, one of the more popular ones. Um, Ace and Marcus, the founders, uh, they now have 240,000 customers across 40 countries and sold over 300,000 T-shirts in a year. Um, what's different and interesting about this one, which is just, I think, why it was so popular, they also have deals with Warner Bro, uh, Warner Brothers, Sony Pictures, Sega, uh, so they do Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirts and things like that. So they've partnered with these different brands to license the ability to print that merchandise. I think Harry Potter's coming up as well at some point, potentially. Um, so all of that just obviously makes them an interesting prospect for people to invest in. I think what was probably the biggest success for their campaign was, you know, and, and it's said all the time, if you want a good market, if you want a good campaign to raise money, you've got to be good at marketing. And like anything that we do, we've got to be good at selling ourselves. And if you want to kind of get people to hand over millions of dollars in crowdsourced funding, marketing is definitely your friend. Um, so yeah, guys, I, I think that was just wanted to start with that and get your thoughts and ideas on on crowdsourced funding. There's been some amazing companies that have gone out there and and raised millions of dollars. The Threadheads guys, the the reason to raise that kind of money is they're expanding into the US. They want to start a production arm in the US. So again, same thing, a warehouse full of t-shirts and all the printing machines in the US, so that all of a sudden the the hundreds of millions of people in the US when they want to buy cool, funky pop culture t-shirts, it's being printed and shipped direct to them in the US. Likewise, what they've done in Australia and also another distribution center in Prague in Europe. So amazing business model, sustainable, state-of-the-art technology printing, and have just raised themselves a couple of million dollars from crowdsourced funding on virtual. What I love about it, Jace, is uh, you can have an idea and the speed at which you can, you can get that idea out there and how you can get that funded 
is quite phenomenal in this mm. day and age. I mean, that, that like people always say, you can't use the excuse of, oh, I just haven't got enough money to do something. You know, it's, it's just a, such an old school mentality. Like if you've got a great idea and quality execution, um, you, you can get the money in many different ways. But yep. uh, they're phenomenal numbers and good on them for doing it. And you could probably spend a whole episode on this, so I won't ask you to go into it too deeply, Jace. But do you know, how, how does the structure work? So how does who comes up with the valuation? Who sets up the structure? Because obviously the people that invest, are they – you said they're taking share in the business yep. or are they just getting a return on their money? They get issued shares. So, yeah, they, they own equity now. So the the two, 2,000 and something people that officially – so you, you can do expression of interest on the virtual website and then once the, uh, the funding round opens, it's up to you to then go through and actually confirm that you want to buy shares. So I think it was something close to like 2,500 people at the end actually went through and committed to buying shares. That was made up of the 2.2 million. Um, so structurally what happens is there's a business out there that's made, uh, again, another complimentary business called Cake Equity, and they've created a technology mm. software platform that helps to issue the share documents and push all the kind of paperwork through to ASIC and make it all legit. So you get formal share certificate, you're a shareholder, you've got equity, um, the, the, do, the offer document that you get, kind of a bit like if you were buying shares in, in a Combank or Macquarie, you end up with a document and if they're going to do a raise, you get a letter of offer or an offer document. It's all, all done pretty professionally through that. Virtual and the kind of platforms guide you on what you need to present and how you need to present it. And again, like I said, with the marketing sense, the better you are at marketing the better that your campaign's going to look. So, I mean, if you look at the Threadhead's website, for example, like they're cool, it's funky, you know, their branding's unbelievable. So, you know, if you were flipping through the offer document, you can see all the things that they've done, the T-shirts they've they've made, the millions of dollars in sales. It gets people who, and especially if you were a customer who bought their T-shirts and hoodies and you loved rocking around wearing them, um, you know, you're, you're going, you know, I want to be part of this. I love my Threadhead's gear. Um I think the ones that do really well also have, you know, you've got to, again, have this sense of values and synergies in, in what you're investing in. And you can go on the virtual platform and see all these others. There was another one um, that just recently won an award for, you know, the best innovative technology for buildings. Um, that was called Erin Living. So, you know, they're trying to make it so that, you know, I've lost my keys to my apartment before. I had to pay $300 for a locksmith to come out at midnight to, to get open my apartment door. But at what point do we be able to open our apartments with our phones and have smart locks where we can tap and go and use face and keyless entry to our buildings to get in and out? So a company like Erin raised money to be able to, for all new apartment buildings, try and make them smart buildings so that, you know, you, you're not... You, you can have an open, you can have a locker where you can, if you've got a delivery coming, you can create an extra key for somebody to come in and drop a delivery into a locker. If you've got a plumber coming during the day, you can give them a one-time keyless entry with a QR code. So there's some really cool stuff out there and, and virtual and, and crowdsourced funding is a way of these companies to go about raising funding in a different way. Um, and yeah, structurally, yeah, it's all, all set up like, like buying into a normal company. You get given your shares, you're a shareholder. Um, the letter document will confirm whether, you know, what class of shares you're getting, what the plans are for dividends and profit share and things like that. Um, and then how the money is going to be used. I mean, I think one of the other ones was like a honey company, like a, an Australian bee company that was making honey. So yeah, it's, 
I think um, probably the more popular ones that are on the on there at the moment are a lot of um, craft brewers and distillers raising money as well to to boost their brands. But uh, absolutely, just just intriguing, interesting way for and just to be a little bit different. I think in this market as well, it's probably going to get a little bit tougher to raise funds. I think banks are going to be probably harder to to really reach into their pockets to give funds to businesses at the moment. So. Just thought I'd share that one as an as an interesting way uh, that if you were if you did have a startup and you were thinking about doing something and you got to a point where you're like you know what my startup's great it, you know I've got all these great ideas but I'm just lacking some funding but so many people believe in me and want to get behind me then that's one that I'd look into as a potential option. I think this this is the market at the moment, Jay. So like even what you're saying with the lenders, I, I've never seen the lenders more aggressive in the commercial mm. space in that naught to two million dollars. Like literally in regards to even even be if they've been in business for twelve months, it's like they're working off one or two basses Amazing. and annualizing the income and uh, doing unsecured lending up to 150000 a lot of the times. If people are buying assets for their new business, you know, again, working off the bass, um, very, very aggressive in helping young businesses grow at the moment and at decent rates. And as we know in business, sometimes it's access to funds that mm. makes all the difference. And you've always got that decision you have to make as to whether it's better to borrow that funding and um, you know, hold on to the equity because your equity is the real value at the end of the day. But I like the idea of you're actually having your market invest in your business, which is um, which is which is a tremendous uh, example as well. And I would think what I also like about that concept, particularly with the t-shirts, is that they're not holding inventory. Mm. They're not holding stock. They're they're just fulfilling orders based in real time. So again, there's a lot of efficiency questions to go. Have they got state of the art printers? Which it sounds like they may have. But but again, to be able to fund that equipment to get the best form of equipment to deliver um, is is going to be you know questions that have to be asked. And sounds like they're they're fulfilling those orders successfully. And like Nick always talks about. Uh, speed and quality, speed and quality, speed and quality. Can they deliver quickly? It, it's, it, but it's exciting. The fact is, you can get that funding. You can get your execution strategy in alignment to your idea, and and be highly profitable as well. So there's lots of different ways to skin a cat in the small business market at the moment. Uh, so again, if that's something people need help with. Uh, even setting up companies and structures, you know, talk to Jason again because again, a lot of a lot of people that that start to pivot into small business really don't always know what the right structure to start with is. So, you know, get advice on that. If you want to know funding options, you know, talk to us at Innovate. Um, we'll we'll support you. I'm talking to a number of young business owners that are really looking to take that next step in their business journey, and and we're we're funding those opportunities so it's exciting times i think if you look at it from the other side too it's also exciting for investors so this gives you access to uh, investments that you previously wouldn't have got access to possibly with a whole lot more risk but also Mm. a whole lot more upside and you know obviously you need to be um, a sophisticated investor i'm assuming to get into this stuff generally no you don't that's that's where that's where yeah because it's small small investments by large number of people there's no sophisticated investor certificate required which is why everybody you know everybody can can access this okay so if you look at traditional um seed raises or ipo raises 
um, uh, most most uh, businesses will require you to be a, a sophisticated investor. For those that don't know, I think it's a net asset position of two million and a certain amount of income. Jace two hundred fifty thousand for three years. Not many people that fit into that category. Um, so it is hard, obviously, to be a sophisticated investor, but also to get access to these deals. You have to know people. Um, if they're good deals, people. You know, we we had Nib Davigan on the on, on the program last season, or maybe the one before, and it's not easy to get access to these deals because everyone wants them. So. It's a really good option if you are invest in investor and you're interested in business and you think you've got an idea um, of how business works and you can pick a good business. This is a really good opportunity to to dabble in something a little bit different that you may not have had access to. So, yep. yeah, it's not just from the business owner's point of view. It's it's the young people mm-hmm. who want to invest in not just things they um, not businesses that get going to work, but maybe things they believe yep. in. Hundred percent. So if it's if it's ten thousand dollars or under and you're over eighteen, you're a retail investor. If you want to invest more than $10,000, you need to become a wholesale investor or a sophisticated investor, which, as you said, requires that letter and being able to prove a certain amount of income or a certain amount of assets. So, yeah, which is why I think, you know, they end up with, yes, they do end up with like 2,500 additional shareholders, but well managed through a tech platform. So it's not like, uh, yep. you know, you kind of call it calling annual general meetings and having 2,000 people rock up and try and tell you how to run your t-shirt business or, or whatever else it is. But <laughs> It um it got me thinking, you know, looking looking at the brands that are raising on these platforms at the moment, it got me thinking about what what do they have or what are the reasons that they're getting so many thousands of people interested in buying into these products? And then it led me onto this journey to look at Google Trends, uh, which I wanted to bring in off the back of that uh, to discuss with you guys that if if I was going to start a business and if I was going to, you know, look to, to raise some funds and get people excited, what kind of business would I want to be in? And the, the trends that I saw of people raising, there was a lot of sustainability. So Zero Co, you know, they, they wanted to make sustainable products where you weren't sending crap to landfill, like plastic that was going to sit there for generations. And they were really popular. But when you look at Google Trends, the, some of the searches were around, a lot of the searches, high searches were around sustainable products and sustainability. And another big one was around climate change. So if, again, if I was going to start a business, I'd want to make sure it was sustainable and that I was incorporating things like climate change into my ethos and my ability to operate a business without having a, a negative impact on the, on the environment. Um, in that kind of uh, list of things that I sent through to you guys, was there anything that jumped out at you at the Google Trends that make you guys think of if you were starting a business, what kind of things would you be considering? The main thing that popped out to me was starting a small business was one of the main <laughs> yeah. searches. And you know, I've mentioned this before, but I've, and I've heard other people talk about this, but I think COVID, one of the things we're going to see post-COVID is more people starting their own business. You know, we had mm-hmm. Nathan Theos on the, on the podcast this, uh, last week as well. Um, so yeah, just, just the trend of people actually starting businesses and understanding that, Hey, I could probably do my own thing. I've got skills. Um, it's very hard for, I'm just thinking on the hoppy, but it's, it's very hard for businesses to find employees. Mm -hmm. It's hard for businesses to retain employees. It's expensive for businesses to find and retain employees. So, you know, if you can, you can bring consultants in or if you can bring contractors in where, you know, you can use them on an ad hoc basis. So I think there's going to be a lot more business owners um, into the future, and yeah, that that um, that Google search kind of backed it up. Really, it looks like people are looking at ways that they can create their own destiny. Yep, hundred percent. And if you know, again, if you're running a business that relies on you know looking after business owners, you know you're you're in a position now where you can plan ahead for that. 
Um, you know, or if you want to be a business owner, you know, you, you're also knowing that there's a lot of p- potential competitors coming into the market at the same time as you. And whether you look at the competitors or the ability to collaborate, I know at the moment, mm. um, there's a few articles kind of going around in the accounting industry that's talking about a lot of the smaller accounting firms are looking to get together and merge so that they can have access to resources and, and kind of share knowledge. Um, so, you know, it's going to be some interesting times around that, uh, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's super interesting and the trends are heading that way. One of the other ones that popped up for me was, I think as well, we see these trends on Google Trends and, and a lot of it's driven by US, the, the US searches for Google. They've obviously got a much bigger uh, number of people and a bigger volume. And I often think Australia is a few years behind where America is uh, when it comes to some of these searches. Um, Record number of searches for women's NBA jerseys. So you think about women's sport in Australia starting to kind of take off as well. And uh, with the AFLW coming into play for multiple years now, WNBA is in its 25th season and it's now had a record number of searches for people looking to purchase women's NBA gear. So again, thinking that, you know, if you're in Australia and is there a market for catering to women's sport and women's products and merchandise specifically? And also what can happen there. So yeah, there's, there's things like that that pop into my mind going, there's, there's nuggets of gold in there. If you're into skateboarding, for example, skateboarding's never been more popular. All of a sudden it's come back around. So if you're a surf shop and you don't sell skate gear, you might be going, we got to get skate gear back in, even though it wasn't popular a few years ago, it's a pop, it's going to be popular again soon. It's great. It's great to think about Jace, because like, even like women Mm. are 50% of the population, right? So I go, you think of everything that's being done with women's football and, and various different sports, you know, in 2050, it's going to be looking very, very different to what it does now. So if you're looking at sponsorship dollars, where's your, where's your potential for massive growth at good value? You know, it, it, you've got to look at all these things as well. And in, in the US, they always say, it always sounds much cooler, niches bring riches. I love it, the way they chat about it. But, but it's, really, it, it's really important, niche till it hurts. You know, if you can pick up one element that you're good at, and I saw you wrote down, uh, yeah, I mean, take, for example, how to move with plants <laughs> or how to move with kids. Um, you know, you, you could, you could be, you, you could be a consultant on a particular, or how to ask for a raise. We've talked about that increasing your salary in previous episodes. You could go all in on that. And there's a number of probably diverse things you could you could allocate to that one topic that could be invaluable from writing up a resume to yep. giving explicit coaching around that. Um, there's so many things, but the the thing, and it's the same in podcasting too. They say the same yep. thing, you know, niche till it hurts. You know, if you want to sew a jumper, you know, tell people about sewing a jumper and, and that's where you get massive, massive traction because people who have interests are all in on it. So it's, um, and that's why I like what Nick was talking about in yourself in regards to if you have a specialty skill and you see, and you'll generally find the market will give that feedback back to you. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, you're really good at this, you know, or you're, you're really good at that within a role. Because don't forget, in corporate, you're given a title that's a corporate title. But generally, you'll have a, you'll have a superpower within your corporate title that you hardly even think about that makes you do well. If you can tap into that niche on that, it's amazing how many dollars could be earned out there. So very, very important to think laterally like we always try and do and work out what that is, you know, what that potential is. What a tool Google is. And I've 
I'm glad you brought this up, Jace, because I've never even thought about this. But if you're a business, um, existing business or new business, and yet you're either trying to validate a new product mm. or you're going to make a transition in your own business towards a new product and you want to understand if it's actually going to work, have a look at the Google Trends. Have a look at what people are actually searching for and it will give you a great insight as to what people want and then you can sort of not measure mm. but you can definitely test if what you're thinking about doing is something that people want and I would never have thought of that and it sounds really simple but it's definitely something that I reckon I'm going to use moving forward. Punch in, look at the Google Trends. I'll give you a prime example, like a really, really good example, Nick, off the back of what you just said. If you're a winemaker and you make wine and you've had a couple of people come through the doors saying, oh, is any of your wine vegan? Is it vegan friendly? And a lot of winemakers have to use egg products to, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it strips, it strips stuff out. And so it makes it not vegan friendly. So... November last year, searches for vegan wine incre- so vegan wine increased 3,800% globally. People were searching for vegan-friendly options, and vegan wine was, was the top of what they were looking for. So if you're a wine producer in Australia and you're going, you know what, like I'm starting to notice people asking questions about vegan products and vegan wine, that's going to be something that you could use Google Trends to validate the idea that there is a market out there for that product and you may need to add that to your product line. So I thought that was a really great example. That's brilliant. And, and I, I, that mm. I can relate to that on gluten-free celiac. Do you know how hard it is to find tasty food for Charlie? To uh, that's gluten free celiac. Uh, like if someone had a book on that or had a business around that, we'd be all over it because some of the stock standard mm. you know, pizza joints, yep. you know, the vegan cheese tastes like vomit. It's awful. Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't eat it. It's like yeah. So you, again, if if you know, something like that came out and someone specialised in that, particularly with all the different allergies going around, um, and vegans another niche, like you say, yeah, you know, people will be all over that type of stuff. So yeah. Great, great idea. Tell you what, I've really enjoyed that. Was there any key takeaways for you, Nick? Oh, look, probably that um, come this time next year, the number one Google search will be Google Trends. You know, we've got a, we've obviously got a very big following on the numbers game, so I'd expect uh, Google Trends as a Google search to be <laughs> probably top top five this time next year. When you say, Marty. Yeah, well, I'm about to head into a few startups and just invest in. Uh, so I'm excited about that, given what Jason's displayed today. I'm virtual. But I think for me, what I take away is uh, two things. Uh, opportunity is everywhere. You can, you can fund any idea you have if it's a quality idea. And niche till it hurts. You know, really come up with you can have a grain of a concept and really do exceptionally well in this day and age as well. So that's what I take away. Jace, what did you take away? Given you came up with it, you, I don't know if there could be any more takeaways, mate. Mate, look, I just I love I love the whole idea of doing your research. Like, do do research on your product, but also plan ahead for the future. And I think Google Trends and crowdsource funding and these kind of different things know know what's out there. Do your research, dig a little deeper, and use technology as your friend. There's things out there that's going to make life a little bit simpler and easy for you. And uh, yeah, the numbers game are here to share that with you. So. Give us a share, give us a follow and a like, tell your friends and family, and until next time, it is game over.